0: The following is a teaching from Irving Bible Church. For more information on how you can join us on a Sunday or take your next step, visit irvingbible.org. to you so glad that you are here and so glad that if you joined us online we actually had a little bit of a technical meltdown in the previous service so if you'd come back to join us online so glad you didn't give up and you're with us this Easter Sunday morning if you have your Bible or you have it on your device grab it and let's go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1 if you're new to the Bible you're new to the church John is one of the four books in the New Testament that really give us the life story of Jesus and it's written to us from one of Jesus' earliest followers, one of his closest friends. We're gonna start this morning in John chapter one. I gotta tell you that uh, it's typical for me going into Holy Week to have this single sentence that I kind of focus on, a single sentence that I, that I meditate on as I'm going into Holy Week. It's a sentence that, uh, that informs my prayer life, It's a sentence that uh, shapes my sermon preparation as I'm getting closer and closer to Easter Sunday. It's a sentence that oftentimes is on my mind as I lay in bed at night. It often comes to my mind early when I wake up in the morning. It's a sentence that I just turn over in my heart and mind over and over and over again as we get closer to Easter Sunday. And that sentence is this. Don't screw this up. (laughs) <laughs> this is a big deal day, right? It's a big deal to Jesus. It's a big deal because we have more of you here in the room with us on this day than any other day in the year. And there's sort of this pressure that I and preachers across the country and around the world feel going into Easter Sunday. Don't screw this up. But I gotta tell you, this year, there's been a different sentence that's been rumbling in my heart and my mind as I've gotten closer and closer Easter Sunday. It's a sentence that I heard from a buddy of mine, a pastor friend who, he and I were talking just a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the lead up to Easter and that that pressure that we as pastors can sometimes feel in the midst of this time. And and he said to me, he said, Barry, my whole goal in preaching an Easter sermon is that people would walk away saying, God, I hope that's true. God, I hope that is true. And that's my whole goal with you today, that you might walk away from this message saying, God, I hope that's true. This morning, I want to begin where John begins. John chapter one, verse one, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made and without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. That light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. John begins by talking about the word. In the beginning was the word, and John writing in the first century in the Greek language, the word for word there is the Greek word logos. Let me hear you say logos. logos, logos. And if you're new around here, I sometimes do this little audience participation thing. It's really just a cheap way to make sure nobody's falling asleep. And I may do it a little extra today because I think it's a sin for a preacher to put people to sleep on Easter Sunday. So just play along with me. The logos, this, uh, this idea that in the Greek mind of the first century world, Lagos would, would be seen as the logic, the, the, the rationality that undergirds all of creation, the whole cosmos sort of held together by this underlying logic. In uh, the immortal words of the great philosopher Obi-Wan Kenobi, it's like the Greek mind thinking of the force that, that surrounds us and penetrates us and binds the galaxy together, the Lagos. But, but in the Hebrew mind, the, the people of the Old Testament The people of Israel, they they would have had a different kind of association with this idea of the word. For them, it would take them back to the story of creation, that God spoke, and this world came into being through the power of his word. And and John begins his story of Jesus by appealing to these two concepts and holding them together to talk about his friend. To talk about this guy that that he had spent life with for three years. This guy that he followed around the hills of of, of ancient Israel. One of John's closest friends. He calls the word. And and he goes even further than that. He, He says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. John goes so far as to describe this person, this man who was his friend, as God. I wonder who your closest friend is, right? Think who, who is your closest friend? I wonder about your closest friend. What would it take for you to become convinced that your closest friend was God. Right? Like, one of my closest friends is our executive pastor, Brian Eck. Brian is a great guy. He's a godly man. Brian and I spend a lot of life together, and we talk about life and marriage and our struggles. He's just a a dear friend to me, right? But I can assure you, he is not God, right? And there's nothing that convinced me that that could convince me that that Brian is God. Like, I'm not starting a new religious movement that says, in the beginning was Brian, and Brian was with God, and Brian was God. It's not happening. What would it take to convince you that your closest friend was God? Well, I want you to hold on to that question because I think John is gonna answer it. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. The word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made and without him, nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life. Let me hear you say life. Life, life, real life, joy-filled life, full life, abundant life, succulent life, the kind of life that we most deeply long for, the life that we have always wanted. John had uh, two words for life available to him in, in the ancient Greek language. The word bios, which is the word from which we get our word biology, that is physical life that is you've got a pulse that is bios but that's not the word that John uses the word John uses is zoe it's this idea of rich life full life joy filled life it is flourishing life flourishing relationships flourishing the world flourishing john says in him was life I wonder if anybody in the room this morning could use a little bit of that kind of life in your life, right? I wonder if anybody in the room this morning could use a little Zoe in your Bios, if you know what I mean, right? (laughs) In him was life. So the question for us is, why do we often fail to experience that kind of life? Why why do we often fail to experience that, that kind of deep, rich Flourishing, joy-filled life. I'm glad you asked because I think John's gonna answer that question for us too. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. Let me hear you say all all oh, that life was the light of all mankind that, that this message of Jesus is a message for everybody and we talk a lot here at Irving Bible Church about God's calling for us to become a multi ethnic movement of missionary disciples formed in the way of Jesus for the sake of the world and and we we are pursuing that vision because he is the light for all mankind And if you were on our campus yesterday for our Easter festival, you saw our community on our campus. And I don't believe that you could see our community on our campus and not understand why we talk about being a more fully multi ethnic church. God has placed us right here in one of the most diverse cities in all of America. All humanity, all mankind has converged here. And as God is calling us to be a people who bring His light, to all mankind starting right here where he has placed us in him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. I wonder if anybody here this morning knows about darkness I wonder if anybody here this morning feels a little too familiar, too accustomed to darkness. I think that of all the things that I strive to to convince you of that are in the Bible as a pastor, this is probably the easiest one for me to convince you of. That this world is filled with darkness. And I don't think it's much of a stretch to go beyond that to acknowledge the reality that the darkness that fills this world has gotten into our souls. The reason that we don't experience that life, full life, rich life, succulent life, joy-filled life, it's because we live in the midst of the darkness. What's the darkest place that you've ever been? I remember years ago, one of my favorite things to do was was to go caving, to go spelunking, cave exploring. And, and I had a mentor who was from Oklahoma and he, he knew every cave in Oklahoma. And so he would take me and show me all these caves and, and then I would take some buddies of mine and we would go exploring these caves. And, and uh, this was years ago and, and, and we would go and I took a couple of my buddies and we went to this cave. And, and the first cave we went in that day was one that it's not too far off of a, a relatively uh, well-traveled, kind of busy hiking trail. And, and we got up to this cave and you crawl in, it's just this tiny little hole in the rock, and you, you go in, and it's this narrow passageway that you've got to squeeze yourself through and turn yourself on your side to squeeze through, and there was a lot less of me to squeeze through back in those days, and, and, uh, and, and you go back, and it's just this really tiny little crevice in the rock that goes a quarter of a mile, maybe half mile into the rock, and then it opens up into this huge room. We called it the cathedral because it's just this huge room that when you get back in there and you turn your, your flashlight on, it's incredible. But you got to squeeze your way through this tiny little crevice to get back there. Well, me and my buddies go in, and, and uh, as we're getting further and further back into the cave, we begin to hear something ahead of us. And not too long, as we continue to crawl, that we, we realize that we hear, we're hearing voices ahead of us. And then a little further in and with my flashlight, I could see shoes of people ahead of us. And it turns out it was a family, a mom and a dad and a little girl who had crawled into this little cave. They were walking along, they were hiking and they saw it. And they decided, let's go explore. Let's crawl in. They crawled in without a flashlight. And, uh, and they had gotten... They thought, we'll, we'll just go so far as where we can still see the light. But then they kind of kept going a little further and a little further. And then suddenly it got really dark. And then suddenly there's three guys crawling in behind them. And so they were kind of freaking out. And I said, don't worry. I've been in here before and kind of know how this goes. And, and so they were trying to figure out, is there some way that we can turn around and slide by you and, and get out? And the, the fact is there is no way to turn around. So we were in that dark cave. And, and here's the thing. <laughs> the only way out of that darkness was deeper in. And I wonder if there's anybody in the room this morning that's ever been in a darkness like that, where the only way out of the darkness was, was deeper in. I, I even wonder if for somebody in the room this morning, maybe that's the whole sermon for you. The, the only way out is actually to go deeper in so we continued on until we got back to that big open room and and into the cathedral and sure enough we flashed our flashlights around and it was gorgeous it was glorious but now it came time to figure out how we're gonna get out because there's six of us with three flashlights the only way that this family was gonna get out of this little cave was if they took one of our flashlights if they took my flashlight I, I was the one who had been in before and so I sent them out and I waited behind all by myself. This was the darkest place that I'd ever been. Here I was a quarter, maybe a half a mile into the earth. No source of artificial light that could make its way back in there. They headed out with my flashlight. And I'm sitting there and I'm, I couldn't see my fingers right in front of my face. It was so dark and, and I'll be honest with you, I was alone and I was afraid. And I wonder... There's anybody here who's ever been in the darkness and feeling alone and afraid. I I sat there in the darkness alone and afraid, knowing there was no way that I could get myself out of there. There was no way that I could save myself from this predicament. No way I could crawl through that darkness. The only way for me to get out of the darkness was for somebody to bring the light into my darkness. And that's the story of Christianity. Christianity is the story that we're all in darkness, but the light has come into our darkness to rescue us from it. And this is the key difference between Christianity and every other religion. Only the God of Christianity enters into our darkness. John says, the word became flesh and he made his dwelling among us. He didn't stand at a distance peering into the darkness. He came into our darkness because it's the only way. That we could be rescued from it. In him was life. And that life was the light of all humankind. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. And believe me, it tried. The whole story of Friday was the story of darkness doing its best the, the darkness, the whole darkness of the world converging in one place on one man as he hung there on that Roman cross. Darkness did the worst that it could do and Jesus defeated it. We, we sang earlier about the blood of Jesus and some of you that may be new to, to church, new to Christianity might be going, that's a little weird, right? Why are we, why are we singing about blood? And we're singing about blood like it's a, it's a good thing. The only thing that makes the blood of Jesus a good thing is that he triumphed over death through his resurrection. And therefore he can say, yes, that that this is the blood of, of the new covenant, the new promise from God that there is nothing, that there is no darkness that can ever separate you from my love. Yes. The light shined in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And believe me, it tried. But Easter. There was a preacher in the second century named Melito of Sardis, and he captures it this way. He says, when the Lord had clothed himself with humanity and had suffered for the sake of the sufferer. And had been bound for the sake of the imprisoned and had been judged for the sake of the condemned and was buried for the sake of the one who is buried. He rose up from the dead and cried out with a loud voice. Who is he that contends with me? Let him stand in opposition to me. I set the condemned man free. I gave the dead man life. I raised up one who had been entombed. Who is my opponent? I, he says, am the Christ. I am the one who has destroyed death and triumphed over the enemy, who trampled Hades underfoot and bound the strong one and carried off to the heights of heaven, humanity. I, he says, and the Christ. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So what would it take to convince you that your closest friend was God. For John, it took a resurrection. But John saw the risen Jesus. John had the darkest moment in his life as he saw his friend nailed to a cross. That all the darkness of this world converged in one place, at one time, on one man. John experienced the darkest moment of his life as he saw his friend crucified. And yet... John saw the risen Jesus. John looked the risen Jesus in the eyes. John held those nail pierced hands. And this is why he could say that my friend, Jesus is the word who was with God, who was God. I don't know what darkness you may be going through right now. Maybe it's, um, Maybe it's health darkness. Maybe it's mental health darkness. Maybe it's the darkness of of depression, anxiety. Maybe it's the darkness of a ruptured relationship. The darkness of grief. Maybe it's the darkness of shame and regret. I don't know what darkness you may be going through right now. But the good news of Easter for you is in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning and through him all things were made and without him nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And whatever darkness you're walking through today, I hope that you can leave saying, God, I hope that's true. God, I hope that's true. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Irving Bible Church. For more information on how to join us on a Sunday or take your next step, visit irvingbible.org.